Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Welcome to the Greenbrook TMS Incorporated's third quarter 2020 results conference call and webcast. All lines are currently on mute to prevent any background noise. I would like to remind you that this conference call is being recorded today and is also being webcast on the company's website at www.greenbrooktms.com under the investor section events. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a question and answer session. Analysts and investors are reminded that any additional questions can be directed to the company at investorrelations at greenbrooktms.com. This call contains forward-looking statements which reflect the current expectations or beliefs of the company based on current available information. Forward-looking statements are subject to a number of risks and uncertainties that may cause the actual results of the company to differ materially from those discussed in the forward-looking statements. Factors that could cause actual results or events to differ materially from current expectations are disclosed under the heading Risk Factors in the company's annual information form dated March 10, 2020, and in the company's MD&A for the period ended September 30, 2020, which are available on CDAR and on the company's website. Any forward-looking statement speaks only as of the date on which it is made, and the company disclaims any intent or obligation to update any forward-looking statement unless required by law. I would now like to turn the meeting over to Mr. Bill Leonard, President and Chief Executive Officer of Greenbrook TMS. Please go ahead, Mr. Leonard. Thank you, Operator, and thank you to everyone for joining our conference call and webcast today. We are very excited about our Q3 2020 results which continue to demonstrate our growth momentum even as we continue to operate in a challenging environment imposed by COVID-19 pandemic. Overall, we were able to continue growing our business while providing the highest quality of service and protecting our patients, employees, and physician partners. Despite the challenging operating environment imposed by COVID-19 pandemic, we achieved our second highest quarterly revenue results since our inception and sustained strong year-over-year with revenue growth. This quarter also marked a return to strong regional operating income. With the access to TMS therapy now more essential than ever, we have continued to increase efforts to expand patient interactions virtually and the corresponding increased usage of these platforms by both patients and physicians contributed to this positive result. Quarterly consolidated revenue for Q3 2020 increased by 42% to 12 million, up 3.5 million as compared to Q3 2019. As I've mentioned, this represents our second highest quarterly revenue result in our company's history and represents an increase of 23% from 9.8 million in Q2 2020. On a year-to-date 2020 basis, consolidated revenue has increased by 43% to 33.2 million. Q3 2020 and year-to-date 2020 aggregate corporate cost growth rate has decreased significantly as compared to fiscal year 2019, 
as we have continued to scale into our centralized business infrastructure and implemented cost-saving measures. We continue to experience record monthly highs in new patient starts throughout Q3 2020, highlighting the essential need for TMS therapy during these challenging times. We believe these record monthly highs will support a continued strong, strong upward trend into fourth quarter of 2020. We added one active TMS center during Q3 2020 with an additional 11 TMS centers in development. This brings our total network to 125 TMS centers, which is an increase of 18% from Q3 2019. As mentioned, despite the impact of COVID-19, we continue to demonstrate strong momentum in growth with consolidated quarterly revenue increasing by 42% to 12 million in Q3 2020. On a year-to-date 2020 basis, consolidated revenue increased by 43% to 33.2 million. These positive results are primarily attributable to a strong bounce back from the initial onset of COVID-19 with record monthly highs and new patient starts throughout Q3 of 2020. Key efforts to provide greater access to patients virtually through expanded use of online platforms, focused marketing efforts on safety and accessibility of our TMS centers, coupled with the achieved TMS acquisition, were key contributors to our revenue growth. The COVID-19 pandemic has increased demand for mental health services, including TMS therapy, which we will believe will continue to promote growth as operating conditions normalize. In addition to strong revenue growth, same region sales growth was positive this quarter at 2% in Q3 2020 and year-to-date 2020, supporting our thesis that this metric will revert back to pre-COVID-19 pandemic levels as operating conditions continue to normalize. Average revenue per treatment also increased by 5% to 235 in Q3 2020 and by 6% to 235 during year-to-date 2020. This increase was predominantly attributable to our expansion to more favorable reimbursement jurisdictions, including the achieved TMS acquisition. Moving to regional operating income. This quarter marked a return to strong regional operating income, which increased by 26% to 1 million in Q3 2020, as compared to regional operating income of 0.8 million Q3 2020, 2019. This bounce back is primarily attributed to an increase in patient starts and a decrease in discretionary budgeted spending during this period. Regional operating income decreased 38% to 1.5 million during year-to-date 2020 as a result of the impact of COVID-19. The regional operating income margin was 4.5% in year-to-date 2020 compared to 10.4% in year-to-date 2019. Again, due to the impact of COVID-19 as well as the inclusion of 11 TMS centers in development, which provided downward pressure on regional operating income margins. Year-over-year aggregate corporate costs increased by 22% to $3.3 million for Q3 2020 and by 30% to $10.4 million in year-to-date 2020. Quarter-over-quarter aggregate corporate costs increased by 7% compared to Q2 2020. This is primarily attributed to the investments in our business infrastructure as market conditions began to stabilize during the period, offset significantly by disciplined measures implemented to control costs as a result of COVID-19. As anticipated, 
the Q3 2020 and year-to-date 2020 aggregate corporate cost growth rate has decreased significantly as compared to fiscal 2019 as we continue to scale into our centralized business infrastructure. This is further highlighted by the growth in revenue eclipsing the growth rate in aggregate corporate costs in Q3 2020 on a year-to-date 2020 basis. The loss for the period increased predominantly as a result of the earnout payable to the sellers of achieved TMS, which demonstrated strong performance even during these challenging times. From a balance sheet perspective, accounts receivable increased by 2.1 million to 12.2 million in Q2 2020 compared to Q4 2019, and increased by 1.3 million compared to Q2 2020. These increases are primarily due to the significant quarter-over-quarter increase in revenue in Q3 2020 and the impact of a slightly slower reimbursement timelines from payers due to disruption caused by COVID-19. We expect accounts receivable to continue to stabilize throughout 2020 and into 21. As of Q3 2020, we had approximately 9.2 million cash on hand. Yesterday, we entered into a non-binding term sheet with a third-party lender in respect of a secured term loan facility in an aggregate amount of up to $30 million. We believe that successfully closing this debt financing will put us in a strong position to continue to grow our business. However, completion of this proposed debt financing remains subject to customary conditions, including completion of due diligence and negotiation of definitive documentation, and there is no assurance that this financing will be completed. Moving on to our core operating metrics. At the end of Q3 2020, the total number of TMS centers increased by 18% to 125 from 106 a year ago. Of the 125, currently 114 centers are active and contributing to revenue. The number of consultations performed increased 51% to 3,283 compared to Q3 2019. We increased the number of TMS patients performed by 35% to 51,033 over Q3 2019. Patient starts increased by 40% to 1,473 compared to Q3 2019. As I mentioned earlier, we have continued to experience record monthly highs and new patient starts throughout Q3 2020, highlighting the essential need for TMS therapy during these challenging times. We believe these record monthly highs will support a continued growth upward into the fourth quarter of 2020. During this quarter, we reached a significant milestone, having now provided more than a half million TMS treatments to more than 14,000 patients since our company was founded in 2011. We are confident because of TMS treatments with Greenbrook, these patients are now able to live fuller and richer lives. As we all continue to face the impact of COVID-19 pandemic, the need for mental health support is at an all-time high, and we are particularly proud of our ability to continue to reach new patients during this difficult time. We now, more than ever, must leverage the latest evidence-based treatments to help patients recover from the debilitating impact of treatment-resistant depression. We are therefore proud to be implementing, early in 2021, a pilot program that offers Spravato, esketamine at select Greenbrook TMS centers to treat adults with treatment-resistant depression. We are excited at the prospect of making this new therapeutic option available to our patients, building on our long-term business plan of utilizing our Greenbrook TMS centers as platforms for delivery of innovative treatments 
to patients suffering from treatment-resistant depression. We initially plan on offering Spravato at select locations during the pilot phase, the goal of which is to provide with the information and insights necessary to assess the value, ultimately making this treatment available at our company's treatment centers in the future. In closing, I think this quarter has demonstrated our ability to continue to navigate and grow during the challenging operating environment opposed by COVID-19. I have never been more enthusiastic of our business on trajectory, and I am confident that our business will emerge even stronger as market conditions continue to normalize. We look forward to keeping you updated on the progress of the company throughout 2020. Thank you for your time today, and with that, operator, we will now take questions. As a reminder, in order to ask a question, please press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. We will pause for just a moment to compile the Q&A roster. Your first question comes from the line of David Newman from Desjardins. Your line is open. Hi, this is Tui Dowling in for David Newman. Good morning, Bill. Hi, how are you? Good, hi. Uh, I hope Ernie's doing fine. Appreciate that. Thank you for asking. Thank you. Um, so my first question was about the organic growth. It was 2% this quarter, which is obviously a significant recovery from Q2. Um, my question is, would you think there would be any factor that could hinder the recovery into 4Q, like the resurgence of COVID-19, et cetera, even though people, I know that people have already been uh, known of your essential statuses and uh, probably not as impacted? Yeah, thanks, G. I, th I think it's a two-part question. I, I think the first answer is, um, you know, with COVID, uh, based on our leading indicators, we have not experienced an impact to our business. With that said, cases have increased across the U.S. I think there's a little bit of different mentality from the patient this time around. You know, during the first go-round with COVID, patients were really unsure on how to adapt to, you know, government mandates and shutdowns. There was really no precedent ever, ever set to deal with the pandemic. So prospective patients were confused. Um, I think patients and individuals are now more empowered, even with COVID. So they're returning to normal activities, whether that's going to the grocery store, whether that's uh, socializing, and definitely taking care of their mental health needs. Uh, in addition, you know, we learned a lot as a company during the initial onset of COVID. So the changes we made with our protocols, messaging, and accessibility in the spring has put us in a really good position uh, if, if COVID has returned. So I think you're going to continue to see our business, uh, our, our same store kind of continue to grow, and we're really proud of the fact of the 21% turnaround from Q2. And we really do believe that we're in a better position to deal with any resurgence. Um, the other portion of it is the fact that, unfortunately, due to COVID, you've seen north of 30% increase of depression uh, during this time. Eventually, a large portion of those patients will really end up in the TMS pipeline, and it's something we feel we're in great position to uh, really take advantage of. So I think you'll see continued kind of response by our same store and even momentum with our newer regions uh, developing uh, going forward. Right. So is there, uh, are you seeing any difference in terms of the trends among your different states? Like you've got to say COVID-19 hit the state maybe in the south different, differently from uh, north from California or so on? Yeah, so I think early on, we definitely saw um, harder hit areas like Virginia, North Carolina, and St. Louis um, 
it seems to be kind of popping up throughout the entire U.S., but we're not seeing a change in our leading indicators throughout our marketplace, throughout our platform. All right, thank you. Um, and my last question would be about the Spravato pilot program. Uh, could you share yes. more details about it? How many centers will be at the initial rollout? Uh, do you have some metrics in mind to review the success of the program? And um, how quick are your, do you plan for the rollout in 2021? Yeah, we, we are going to slow play this. We're excited to kind of, you know, really believe it's a great opportunity to expand and strengthen on our platform for both our referral network, which makes up 50% of our business, and to the patients who are suffering from TRD, treatment-resistant depression, especially yeah. with the significant increase in depression caused by this time. You know, the pilot, the, I would look at the pilot this way. It's going to be in five centers across our platform. Um, right. you know, more than likely, it'll be, more than likely, it'll be a 90-day kind of pilot, and this will really kind of allow us to gain valuable insights before rolling out to the large number of centers in 2021. I mean, what we're going to look at is the patient flow within the center, the patient response, the insurance uh, approval, uh, and really to see if patients begin choosing uh, TMS over Spravato when they understand um, what what's required by Spravato in terms of the. Uh, possible missing of work. So first part of it is really just geared towards really understanding that patient, and then we'll kind of have a better understanding of what we're going to do going forward. So effectively, Spravato will also serve as a tool to expand the pipeline for TMS patients ultimately, right? Yeah, I think bottom line is um, there are certain patients today that are not capable of having TMS because of their acute phase of depression. I think adding Spravato to our platform which is significant opportunity for us um, to really allow us to capture more patients suffering from depression and at different phases of depression. The other portion of it is the fact that it gives our, uh, it gives our referring network, which is a significant portion of our business, that opportunity to, to, to again, send to Greenbrook TMS as kind of their, their source for dealing with unique depression cases. So I really believe it is added value to not only the company and our sales team, but to referring doctors um, who have been working with us just with TMS therapy. So we're, we're really excited about expanding on our, on our current platform with Spravato. All right. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it. I'll get back to the queue. Your next question comes from the line of Noel Atkinson from Claris Securities. Your line is open. Hi. Good morning, Bill. Uh, well done on the quarter. Um, let's have a few questions here. So, uh, in terms of the strength that, that uh, Greenbrook saw through Q3, you mentioned sort of record patient starts. So are you saying that there were record patient starts achieved in each of you know, July, August, September? Yeah, the good thing was when I wanted to produce uh, record T-shirts in July, that was quickly broken in August, which then became broken in September. So each month was uh, better than the other, which was a great reflection of our return to kind of getting back to growth opportunity and, and our performance during COVID. So we were really excited and, and strong trends have continued. So uh, it, it was a, a really kind of strong performance and, and hats off to our team for their efforts in, in patient care throughout the pandemic. Okay, great. Uh, we see that uh, you, you have a few centers now listed, additional centers listed in you know, Texas and Florida in recent months or so. Um, you know, what's, do you have any sort of target for center expansion and new openings into Q4? 
the focus on the company, as we talked about before, was we'll, we'll start running towards that 140 again, kind of getting back on the new development and growth into kind of Q1, the first half of 2021. The focus on the company now will be to really get those kind of 11 in development into an active stage, which is uh, really going to start seeing patients and, and driving revenue. Majority of those will come from those newer regions, specifically Florida, Texas, and Michigan. So that, that's kind of what we're running to right now. Uh, and then we do feel uh, we have a strong pipeline, um, not only based on our relationships with dialogue we had over the past year, but also the impact of COVID to some practices. So we're, we're excited to get back on the growth uh, kind of uh, runway, uh, but for now it's really focused on um, getting those up and running to start contributing revenue to those regions, newer regions. And those 11 would typically come in, what, over the next sort of three, six months kind of thing? Yeah, well, I'd, like to, I'd like to really focus on, of the 11, getting a uh, majority of those done in, in Q4. Okay, great. Uh, okay, perfect. And then on – oh, sorry, one more thing just on the new center expansion. So the $30 million of new potential term debt, if, if sourced, um, you know, where does that take the company in terms of potential expansion? I appreciate the question, but I, I really can't get into uh, the specifics of those use of proceeds. Obviously, it's a it's a non-binding term sheet. Um, once we do complete that, I will make sure to update everyone on uh, the use of proceeds for that. Obviously, we did say in the press release that we'd be continuing to grow our business, which we do feel it puts us in a really strong position to move forward with that. Okay. Uh, and then on Spravato, um so that, that sounds really exciting. You know, we see a lot of quote-unquote psychedelic companies out there, and so for somebody that's got over 100 centers, uh, offering esketamine seems like a, a very attractive opportunity here. Um, can you talk at all about what it means to the workflow within your facilities? Um, you know, do you need to hire additional staff, and uh, uh, how does this work for capacity utilization? and anything you can provide us on a pricing model or a margin model would be really helpful. Yeah, on, on a staffing perspective, uh, we will not increase our staff based on providing Spravato. Uh, we'll take advantage of our physicians who are providing uh, direct supervision and are in office at the whole time um, as we're going to be involved in an administer and observe portion of Spravato. So we will be utilizing our team that's currently in place there. Um, in some cases, we will look to look uh, use uh, capacity with underutilized rooms. Um, with Spravato, you're able to put more than one patient in a room at the same time. Uh, as far as the financial side is concerned, it, it's unique because there's different ways to go after Spravato. One is just kind of administer, observe, which d does not allow you to maximize your revenue. Uh, we'll definitely start out that way just to really understand that, again, that patient uh, and how that responses within our center in terms of that workflow um, and eventually we can go into a, a buy and bill opportunity but at this time it's probably not appropriate to talk about the financial side until we really understand um, how that pilot works out and the observations and, and, and the findings we're hoping to gain but I will definitely circle back with you once we're at that point okay great all right thanks very much I appreciate it thanks Noel your next country Question comes from the line of David Martin from Bloomberton. Your line is open. Hi, Bill. Uh, good morning. I have a few questions. 
the first one is Thank also the Spravato uh, program. Um, is Spravato uh, more likely to move out of uh, psychiatrist's offices uh, the way that TMS did, or is it easier for psychiatrists to administer Spravato in their offices? You know, interestingly, David, um, I think, uh, you know, it's probably a better question for Jansen, but at the same time, the feedback we're hearing and, and why the interest in Greenbrook TMS from Jansen was really because it, it, had, a, it, it had a similar role out to TMS, which is uh, it was brought in by psychiatrists, and then there's a lot of steps to go through to kind of put that in practice uh, in terms of staffing and obviously with a two-hour observation period, it became difficult. So I think you're seeing Spravato in both uh, ketamine centers. I think you are seeing it in somewhat of um, kind of group practices. Um, it's still mainly focused on psychiatry, just as TMS is. Uh, TMS is still really focused on uh, psychiatric practices. Um, I, I think it fits really well with us in terms of our product offering for both our patients, our, our staffing of the centers, and obviously our referring network. Okay. Um, what, when you run this pilot program, are you going to offer it to all patients or some? Like, how will you choose which patients it'll be offered to? Um, well, obviously, we're going to uh, uh, we're obviously going to offer it to patients suffering from treatment-resistant depression, and really the decision between what is best for that patient, whether it be Spravato or whether it be TMS therapy, which we still love TMS therapy and think it's a great. Uh, kind of res result for patients and clinical outcome, that decision will be sh squarely put on the hands of our medical directors as uh, they are the ones most appropriate to make clinical decisions for that patient. Okay. And w will you be paid for this while you're running the, uh, the pilot program, or is it net neutral, or is it going to cost you money? It will not cost us money, and we will be paid. Okay. Uh, moving to another topic. Uh, my understanding is that insurance coverage for OCD may start in uh, January. Uh, have you started promotion of that indication? Uh, we do have. Uh, we have been treating OCD, and probably we're, we're we, we'd be probably one of the uh, largest providers of OCD in terms of number of helmets uh, with the Brainsway. Um, the news of of January one is uh, I, I have not heard that before. We're involved in. Um, with Brainsway and helping them kind of with clinical outcomes, but um, obviously if that's if you're telling me that, I'm 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 thrilled. I think the industry is in a great position uh, with uh, indications that Brainsway has come out with, like OCD and potential reimbursement. And obviously, Nordnetics uh, had their call last week and talked about creating more focus on awareness and also a bipolar indication. So. Uh, there's a lot of tailwinds behind the industry right now when you look at the manufacturer side of the business and also look at the increase of depression of what is being told around 33% uh, and just the growth of an underserved marketplace. So, you know, we feel we're in a great position to really kind of uh, grow our platform. Have your promotions included uh, talking about OCD or does that wait until the uh, reimbursement's widespread? Well, I think it, it's, it's, you know, when we go ahead and spend marketing dollars, we do have it promoted that we offer OCD, but we're not really going to spend a significant amount of dollars devoted to a, uh, an indication that does not have reimbursable codes. Uh, but obviously, and we're in great positions to make those changes 
if it does come as soon as January 1. So if that's the case, uh, obviously we are ready to go within our uh, organization. Okay, and I just have one quick uh, housekeeping question. The earnout obligations to achieve, they, they're finished now at the end of Q3? There'll be no more of those? Yes, there's, the earnout is complete. There's a 90-day kind of true-up period, um, but that is uh, that, that period of time is over at the end of uh, September. Okay, thanks. Thanks, David. Your next question comes from the line of Tanya Gonzalez from Canaccord. Your line is open. Good morning, Bill. Congrats on the good quarter. Um, a few more from me okay. here. Uh, one, so your consultation rates came in really, really high this quarter. Um, is this something we can expect will continue? I know you said the traction has remained going into Q4. Um, so on a consultation per, let's say, device or per center basis, can we expect it to remain at these levels? Yeah, I mean, we, we've spent so – I've got to walk you back a little bit in a sense to understand that uh, during the COVID pandemic, we, uh, we kind of shifted our platform around in a sense because doctors at individual practices were kind of either shutting down or moving to a virtual platform. So we, did, we had a really good response and really kind of up in our game on the digital side, which has increased uh, the increase the number of consultations coming into our centers. Now, as um, you pointed out, that, that conversion rate changed a little bit in terms of uh, a patient coming from a referring physician's office uh, closes at a much higher percentage than that of a direct consumer patient uh, just because it's a captured audience. They've been dealing with depression their whole life. With that said, that patient that comes from a direct consumer may come back to you within 6 to 12 months once they've hit the criteria of meeting the meds requirements by the payers. So we expect to kind of continue uh, to perform at a high level in terms of actual number of consultations. Uh, there is some seasonality at times, but at the same time, we, we think we're doing a good job with uh, uh, the, the change of our platform and, and the doctor starting to respond. So we expect that, that, that number to kind of remain high and trend in the right direction. Okay, perfect. And you answered my next question there, too, on the conversion rate, so thank you. Um, I, I don't know if you are able to answer this for me, but when will that term debt close? Do you have a timeline in mind if it does close? Uh, all I can tell you right now is we are uh, pushing diligently uh, to close it before the end of the year, but obviously that, that timeline can, can, can vary. Perfect. Um, now the cost containment measures, um, I noticed a lot of these, I think they've all come off now. You've brought back your furlough staff, your uh, executive comp is back to normal. When did that happen during the quarter? I'm just trying to get a sense of where uh, run rate expenses are going forward. Yeah, I mean, they, the, the, co the cost containment uh, has continued. We brought back individuals really just because of the growth of the business and experienced record highs. Um, but as you can tell from year over year, we have done a nice job of containing those costs. As far as the uh, some of the executive deferrals and all that, that, that happened really at, at the end of September and into October. Okay. Um, of your installed base of TMS devices, yes. how many are Braden's weight devices? 
I would say to you it's roughly a mix of North Star majority with is roughly around you know 60 plus percent and Brainsway around uh, 30 percent. Uh, when we did the acquisition of Achieve, the uh, they were uh, really strong on the Brainsway platform, and so that kind of added to the mix a lot. And then I guess your legacy business had a lot of narrow star. Is that because there was a cost differential for you or, or financing benefit to to the narrow star machines versus the brainsway machines? Um, I, I wouldn't say that. I would say based on the volume of our uh, business and the patient uh, that we treat, it, it one has a lower upfront cost and then a treatment fee, and the other one has a higher upfront call, cost with no treatment fee. But based on our mix of business, uh, at the end of the day, they're fairly equal. Um, again, though, as, as we've talked in the past, we, we really like our device agnostic approach. We feel it gives a, a, a great benefit to us from our competition in the marketplace. Um, obviously, uh, it, some patients we feel are better than the others. Uh, our doctors really like having the option of different devices. Uh, but I really, you know, work closely with both organizations and think they're both doing a great job of kind of helping to push this industry forward. All right, excellent. Um, on to now. I think those peak sales estimates, I believe, have come down in recent times. Just the, the cost has posed a barrier, I suppose, to insurers. Is there the p potential, because you're rolling this out in an existing clinic with physicians that are already on site, is there the potential to charge a lower cost and maybe capture more of that market? Um, in some cases, it's reimbursable. In some cases, it's reimbursable, so you can't alter the pricing. I, I think, you know, what what it does for us as a company, it really kind of, you know, it protects our current patients uh, in terms of our referral network. It expands uh, the opportunity for us to catch a wider range of patients. Specifically, specifically those that are, you know, don't respond to TMS because they may be further down the line on depression. Um, and, and so it really, in the last area, is it allows us to leverage our staff and doctors who are already in those offices. We can do both at the same time. Um, and so we, we just, we played this out slowly. We wanted to take a look at it to make sure it was the right thing. And, and we feel uh, with the increase of depression caused by the pandemic and um, our platform, we feel it's a great uh, addition to our uh, to our business model. Um, is there also the potential now, and a lot of these psychedelic drugs are currently in clinical trials, seeing as you can administer uh, something like Spravato, is there the potential for you to run or help run trials out of your clinic? Yeah, we're comfortable running trials. I mean, obviously, uh, we were involved in the trials for um, TMS, so and we still do. So we're uh, we work closely with the manufacturers. They obviously like to work with us during trials because of our ability to attract patients. Um, we have the we have support around our key doctors in terms of um, you know doing the research and doing the follow up for those trials. So uh, yeah, we're always uh, we're always asked and and not opposed to trials. We think it provides a great leadership position for us as an organization and gives us great valuable insight uh, for potential future indications. Excellent. I will leave it there. Thank you so much, Bill. Thanks, Tanya. Your next question comes from the line of Justin Keywood from Stiefel. Your line is open. Good morning, and thanks for taking my call. I had a broader question just on the, the cost and revenue profile in the business. 
it's adjusted even a loss, uh, you know, narrowed uh, this quarter, which was uh, nice to see. Uh, but how should we assume that progression in achieving uh, positive or break-even adjusted EBITDA? Uh, do you have a, a target revenue uh, number that you're going for or a number of TMS uh, centers perhaps? It's a combination, Justin, but I think, as we said, uh, we were the, the the organization at the start of Q1 was focused on reaching break-even kind of in that Q4 timeframe of this year. Uh, COVID did delay that process a little bit, um, so we've really kind of pushed that out and expect to kind of achieve that uh, kind of in the back half of uh, 2021. Okay, that's helpful. And then is there like a medium-term goal as far as what the adjusted EBITDA margins could be in the business as the greater scale uh, contributes and maybe looking out two years? Um, You know, I think in that scenario, it's a combination of several things. One is the fact on our development, rate of development, um, our cost containment, uh, and obviously, uh, how quickly we roll other product revenue into the mix. So uh, it, 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 it varies at this point. But obviously, the first, first focus will be really to kind of run towards break even in the back half of 2021. Okay, understood. And then I wonder if you had any observations uh, around the, the U.S. Uh, election outcome and how that may relate to uh, reimbursement for uh, TMS therapy. Uh, I believe there, there's at least some clarity on the Medicare and, and Medicaid uh, going forward, but it uh, would be helpful if you had any uh, additional color on that. Well, I think the first part of your question would be, I think, uh, based on the U.S. election and how it uh, all went down, I think uh, it increased the pool, pop, the increased the pipeline of depression for uh, us as well. But other than that, um, there, there's a focus on providing mental health support and services in the in the U.S., so uh, we believe uh, we'll continue to see positive trends around reimbursement uh, for depression, anxiety, and other mental health indications, and we expect uh, kind of that momentum to kind of go forward in the in the future. Uh, but as far as kind of any changes we expect based on administration uh, moves, that that's not what we're hearing and that's not what we're seeing. So we hope everything stays in play and continues to be really open towards. Uh, kind of positive scenarios such as direct supervision, such as uh, virtual platform, which would really kind of enhance the pipeline for companies like Greenbrook. Mm-hmm. And if I just may ask one more question on the virtual initiative, uh, any update there on how that's rolling out? Uh, have you been seeing greater receptiveness uh, by patients in using the, the virtual form uh, versus in person? Yeah, I mean it's 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 rolled out uh, right now completely, and we are having patients access uh, that opportunity. Uh, I will tell you that patients still like coming to the center, and it's probably a a patient who uh, closes, uh, uh, you know, moves forward with TMS because they make the commitment. But it's definitely uh, been valuable to us to kind of roll that platform out uh, for patients who are still kind of a little bit concerned about starting the process due to COVID. It really eliminated. Uh, a couple steps for them to drive to the center, um, and we feel it's been a valuable asset to the to addition to the business. Mm-hmm. Okay, understood, and thank you for taking my questions. Thank you, Justin. Once again, in order to ask a question, please press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. Your next question comes from the line of David Merton from Bloomberton. Your line is open. 
Uh, thanks, Bill. I've got a couple more. Um, so you mentioned that uh, you want to start activating some of the centers in development. Are, are there still any go, no-go um, uh, switches on that? Do you need the $30 million? Um, Are you waiting to see how COVID impacts these regions, or, or, or is this happening now? Uh, yeah, I mean, we're working towards activating some of the centers uh, as we go forward. Um, we are keeping a close uh, lookout on uh, the return of COVID, um, which should peak somewhere in the winter months. Um, but at the same time, we feel we're in good position to uh, at least kind of move forward with some of those openings. You don't need the $30 million to uh, do it then? Um, no, not not at this point. Okay. Um, the regions where the new centers are going to be activated, uh, I think you mentioned Florida, Texas, Michigan, are those higher reimbursement areas or lower reimbursement areas? Yeah, the higher reimbursement areas in our marketplace are more towards the western part of the country in our platforms, such as Texas, uh, California, Oregon, and obviously Alaska. Um, so that would be your highest reimbursement areas. Okay. Um, the regional marketing uh, costs took a bit of a jump in uh, Q2. Uh, was that uh, one time, uh, or is it is it expected to stay stable or even increase from uh, where it is now? Um, I, I just I need to take a little closer look at that one. So if you don't mind, I'd like to kind of get back to you on that specific question. Um, obviously, we target roughly uh, a 10% increase. It's uh, at, at kind of an overall level. Um, varies by region, so to speak. Uh, but let me get back to you on that particular answer. Okay. And then the last uh, question I have is, Spravato, um, is, is there reimbursement for administration or is it just reimbursement for the drug where reimbursement exists now? No, there's reimbursement uh, for administration observed as well. Okay. Okay. And how much is that reimbursement? Uh, varies based on marketplace. And um, we, we, like I told you before, we will uh, definitely get back to you in terms of the financial side of that. But uh, obviously, the first part, the most important part of Spravato is the fact that it really offers us uh, a patients, our patients, a greater opportunity to access Greenbrook therapy, uh, and also the fact our referring doctors now have a another outlet on someone they're very comfortable with referring to and working with. Is the goal to move all the patients who start on Spravato onto TMS, or will some of them stay on Spravato? Well, we're hoping some of the patients that start out with Spravato end up uh, in remission. So uh, I wouldn't say that the goal is to move all those patients. Uh, we do hope that some of the patients who uh, are on Spravato kind of get the baseline and then have the ability to transition to TMS. But again, the, both these products are standalone products uh, and, and opportunities in terms of treatment modalities uh, that we really hope to cat capture a wider uh, number of patients. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, David. There are no further questions at this time. I turn the call back to management for closing remarks. Thank you, everyone. We appreciate your uh, uh, attending today's call and look forward to kind of speaking with you on our next call. And uh, everyone stay healthy during this time and uh, have a great end of the year and holiday season. That concludes today's conference call. You may now disconnect.
Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.